Huddled beneath the kitchen table, knees drawn to his chest, he crouches with hands balled into fists jammed against his ears, kneading them as if he might cut off the screams by grinding cartilage and flesh to a pulp. It doesn't work. The screams come through just fine. He keeps his eyes open, doesn't seem to be able to close them, even to blink, which is too bad, because he'd give anything to shut out what he's seeing. At nine, he's too young to make useless bargains with God. If you take away the cancer, I swear I'll be faithful to my wife, I really mean it this time. And he's too old to think he can make it never was merely by wishing hard, hard, hard. All he's got are those fists of his, grinding, grinding. A woman falls to the kitchen floor with a wet smack. Her face is turned toward him, and like his, her eyes are wide open. The difference is she's never going to close hers again, not on her own. An image flashes through his mind, a composite drawn from hundreds of movies and TV shows. A hand, sometimes belonging to a cop, sometimes a coroner, passing over the open-eyed face of an actor pretending to be dead. The fingers are straight, and there's no obvious contact between the hand and the mock corpse's face. Yet when the hand has finished its pass, the eyes are closed, almost as if it were some sort of magic trick. The boy wonders if he were to reach out and pass his hand an inch or so over the woman's face if her eyes, those terrible empty eyes, would close. He doubts it. Life is never as good as TV.